Welcome to today's edition of The Blazing Grace Show with your trio of hosts, Jason Graves, Rob McIntyre, and Mike Janung. Blazing Grace covers blazing issues with grace-filled answers. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Time to blaze. Here are your hosts, Jason, Rob, and Mike. Are you a writer? Are you a recovering sex addict who has a writing gift? And I've always wanted to have that redeemed. Well, we've got a very special show for you today. We've got a special guest with us today that's going to talk about his writing project, a devotional for men recovering from sexual addiction. Uh, And of course, before we introduce him, uh, we are in studio today, folks, as the Blues Brothers. Yeah, baby. Yeah. (laughs) Rob, hello. You look very great with those sunglasses on. Oh, thank you. So do do you, Jason. And you know, the goatee. We're the goatee boys as well. We got got goatees. That's the other thing, everybody. Uh, We've got everybody, our our producer, Ted Griffin, Rob, and I, we've got a goatee today. Yeah. First time ever in Blazing Grace history. Uh, and FYI, Mike Janung, uh, who incidentally we saw today and does not have a goatee, right. um, is still on sabbatical reading his, writing his book. Mm-hmm. So please pray for him as he finishes that. We'll look to have him back at the end of uh, May. And pray discernment for a goatee for him as well. Yeah, and pray for his Lakers. Don't tell him I said that, but you know they, <laughs> they, they need a little help. So, but without any further delay, let's introduce Bart. Welcome, Bart. Pleasure to be with you guys. How are you? Fine, sir. Better than I deserve, that's for sure. <laughs> Better than you deserve out there in Grand Rapids, Michigan, yes? That is. Well, wow, tell, us, tell us a little bit, tell our listeners a little bit about your story, and then we'll go into, uh, into your uh, project here. Uh, you're a, a recovering sex addict who used to be a pastor, and so tell us about all that you have to share. Well, I was uh, raised in a, a family that was broken uh, from the very early stages. Yeah. My mom had a lot of uh, issues as it relates to sexual addiction, and actually my dad did too. They, um, I was the only child of uh, that particular marriage. Mm-hmm. My mom had uh, kids before, and my dad did too, and so forth. But uh, I uh, really used the issue of uh, sexual addiction as a means of, obviously, medication, as many of us have. Mm-hmm. And uh, that, you know... I got way deep into my soul at an early age, probably 8 to 10. I'm not exactly sure, but uh, uh, thankfully the Lord just uh, came into my life in just a massive way when I was 14 years old. My dad had abandoned me and left me with my aunt, who happened to be a believer, Mm -hmm. and she shared the gospel with me, and uh, just a massive life change took place. Mm -hmm. And... uh, but um, at that point, of course, uh, it didn't you know change all of the things that were going on in my soul as related to the addiction. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I continued to uh, you know walk with the Lord in, in many respects, but uh, there was just this issue that, uh, in terms of compulsion, that was just uh, laid hold of me for a long time. And uh, I worked through uh, Bible college, and I went to a, two different Bible colleges: two mm-hmm. years to one and two years to another, and graduated and. Um, uh, married my wife after my uh, junior year of college, and uh, had a great first year, and it was a, a sense of relief uh, around the sexual addiction. Mm-hmm. But uh, after uh, our first year of marriage, uh, we went ahead and accepted a ministry at a small church in Iowa, uh-huh. and about a church of about 70 or 75, just a small town. And um, I was a senior pastor at the time, and a lot of stress factors came back uh, into my life or into my life, really, at that point. We had mm-hmm. our first child. 
uh, we had a huge move. My wife had uh, moved away from her family. We had, uh, obviously, the stress of ministry. And instead of uh, really turning to the Lord for those issues, I, I went back to the element of sexual addiction in a really strong way. Mm-hmm. And uh, really became more in bondage to it at that point than I ever had. And so um, the Lord uh, uh, really impressed upon my heart through some mentors and other pastors and worked through some things and, and decided at that point I, you know, I really needed to resign. It had taken just real hold, and I wasn't making any progress at that point. So I went ahead and um, resigned, and the church didn't know the details, but they knew it was an issue of sin. So we moved to Michigan underneath, uh, you know, uh, another pastor that we felt was a mentor. And even though there was just tremendous uh, help around a lot of issues, uh, I just didn't make uh, really much progress at all, um, really dealing with some of the core issues going uh, on in my soul. And uh, finally, the Lord uh, brought it to a head um, in the process of that you know, that was about nine years ago. Mm-hmm. The process of that nine years, uh, you know, I changed jobs three times, one time as a result of a termination directly mm-hmm. related to the sexual addiction, mm-hmm. a couple of times just trying to kind of manage the addiction. Right. And um, finally, um, uh, it just kind of escalated in terms of its scope in my life and the strength of it. Um, and uh, I started to become more secret as it related to it. And instead of bringing it out into the light, which I had generally done, mm-hmm. and um, just scared me to death, and I was really producing tremendous destruction mm. in our home, and um, I finally one night uh, poured it out to my wife, and along with lots of tears, and and um, just tremendously afraid of the confession of some of the things that had escalated too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, one thing led to another, just by the hand of God, and uh, a man named Doug out in California had already connected through um, the workshop, EMB, mm-hmm. for Man's Battle, which, of course, you were the teacher of at that point. And mm-hmm. God gave just great hope and just a renewal at that point. And uh, since that time, back in September, I've been involved in recovery and have, I felt, have made tremendous strides by the grace of God, you know, and... Uh, now, as uh, as I'm really moving toward healing and and just freedom, um, I'm being challenged around you know issues of re- redemptive vision, mm-hmm. and so uh, that's where we're at right now. Amen. And hua, as <laughs> we like to say, yeah, Jason, and then that redemptive vision—that's a good thing, though. So, man, what a story, Bart. Mm. So, how are, how are you doing right now as far as uh, your your sobriety and all that? I am just, uh, I am feeling freer, uh, Rob, than I ever have. And Amen. I'm not saying, that's not a, you know, a cliche. I am, it is, uh, I really didn't ever feel free from the internal elements of lust until just really recently. You know, there was times that, you guys know how the whole white knuckling goes, there was mm-hmm. times that I was free for six months at a time before, right. five months. But those were external issues. I really never had that freedom from that internal lust. And, and I'm not, you know, here to declare, you know, it's all done and my, you know, right. battle's over and on to the next thing at all. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm uh, staying vigilant and very aware of my triggers and boundaries and things like that. But, boy, I am telling you that the freedom is just intoxicating. And I'm just Amen. so grateful for the grace of God yeah. and yeah. others' intervention because uh, I, there's no question at all 
that I cannot do this alone, not simply just me and God, but, but in his wisdom he's ordained you know, others to be so integral to the process. Right. And now you're turning all that extra energy that the freedom brings into quite an interesting little project. Tell us a little bit about this and maybe the genesis of it. Well, we uh, are. there's a group of guys that uh, we kind of meet around the issue of redemptive vision specifically. And um, we're just saying, you know, where are we going to go with this? What is God doing? Uh, what has he burdened our hearts with? Where has he given us gifts and abilities and interests? And so um, we meet, and part of that meeting, uh, along with considering, you know, just general subjects, is to challenge one another around, you know, um, a specific issue. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I've been challenged to do was to consider and to engage myself in uh, writing myself some devotional material mm-hmm. and also collaborating with others that have a similar interest uh, in that project. And so that's kind of where we're at right now. So for, you know, for the short term for me, I'm just committing to do one a week mm-hmm. uh, to, to write. And, boy, you know, I've only been in this uh, for a couple of weeks in terms of actually doing it, but I've just been, su- you know, super blessed. And uh, yeah. uh, that's, that's what we're great. doing. Yeah. That's great. I got a question, though, Bart. You know, you talked about fear when you were uh, confessing to your wife. Mm-hmm. And, and I just see that fear is one of the enemy's key tools that it keeps this addiction from being locked mm-hmm. down, you know, keeps us paralyzed. Absolutely. Um, are you sensing anything about uh, fear being part of your um, devotional or the, how to, you know, help guys become fearless, be courageous? Mm-hmm. Wow, that's a great concept. Yeah. yeah. There's been certain elements that um, I, I have, you know, written down as uh, thoughts for subjects, and uh, that's not one that I had brought up. But one of the main things for me is just the God-centeredness of recovery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, for me, I believe that, you know, as we really understand the grace of God and the acceptance we have through Christ with the Father, that that fear really can diminish. Right. And, um, Amen. So I, I really, I think that uh, that's, a, that's a wonderful concept. Yeah. Perfect love casts out all, all fear. fear that's baby. right. That's oh, right. Yeah. Who's free is freed indeed. indeed. And you know, you know, Bart, I, I, I'm going to have to get your number because I already have a devotional in my head. So, 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 well, you know. would you settle for his email address? Because, <laughs> folks, we want you to be able to get in touch with Bart, and he's given us permission to give out his email address. And then I want to have you, Bart, share a little bit about your, um, but share your devotions that what you've got so far, and then let's interact with them. But you can reach Bart if you'd like to be a part of this project of writing this uh, devotional for people dealing with sexual addiction. Uh, at bartonbowman at yahoo.com. That's B-A-R-T-O-N-B-O-U-M-A-N at yahoo.com. So, me. Bart, why don't you go ahead and, and share the first one with us? I'd love to. Uh, I call it the abandonment of the quick fix. Hmm. Whatever one sows, that will he also reap, Galatians 6, 7b. Farmers are patient folk. They break up the land, no harvest. They remove the rocks, no harvest. They add nourishment to the soil, no harvest. They plant, water, fertilize, no harvest. They add chemicals to fight insects, weeds, and disease, no harvest. 
Many good and difficult choices must be made by the farmer, and early on they have little to show for their labor. They have learned the principle of delayed gratification. Mm. This law of the harvest, which is obvious in the natural realm, is often ignored in the realm of the spirit. Growth and change take time. As sex addicts, we often superimpose our desire for the quick fix upon God and his word. We want change now, both in our hearts and in our relationships with others. And because of the strength of this passion, we will proclaim we possess personal purity and freedom of heart very early in our recovery. This is like the farmer who claims that upon waking after a day of planting, he discovered his field had seven-foot-high corn stalks. It is no sign of weakness that we are not changed in a moment. God's way is little by little. We cannot rush the Almighty around these matters, nor should we question his wisdom. He has a vision for us that includes a harvest of righteousness. We must admit that we have trained our brains and passions to embrace the quick fix. Therefore, we have need of patience. Let us then join Jesus in this marvelous work of sowing to the Spirit with a long view of reaping the life we deeply Mm. desire and that which God intends for us. In so doing, we bank our lives upon the promise of one who cannot lie or fail. Wow, that's great. That is great. That's awesome. I mean, I just love how you just grab people at the beginning part with that pattern of, you know, no harvest. And, you know, how many times in our life do we ask God, hey, God, when are you going to come through for me? Mm -hmm. When is this going to happen? I think I asked today. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) How long must I endure, right? I mean, just like Psalm 51, right? Right. And, and, And yet, like what you said in there really struck me was that there, um, there's a harvest of righteousness ahead for us. Mm. And so I love this because it makes us, it taps us into faith. Yes. It, it, it really causes a, um, a mini crisis of faith mm-hmm. that we have to trust if we want to keep going. If we want that hope to abound, we have to trust. Without faith, it is impossible to please him, for he is the rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Amen. Absolutely. You know, and, and it's just... I, I I have struggled for, for years just trying to understand what does God get all out of all this? And mm-hmm. it's not really what he gets out of all right, of this. It's right. what we get out of this. Right. It's the character that goes through this process. And, yeah. and I'm so glad that he didn't give up. And I'm so glad that there, there have been encouraging people. And that's what I hear in this part is that you want to encourage men to see beyond the moment. Right. To, to really capture the future. Right. And, right. and, but live in the moment. And I'll tell you how it ministers to me, Bart, in, is that, you know, we're in this process, Susan and I, of, uh, of dealing with some fertility challenges on both ends, you know. And one of the things that the enemy always spoke to me was that because of my background, I wasn't going to be have, able to have children. Mm-hmm. And it's always been a fear in the back of my mind. Yeah. And uh, then, of course, I married somebody that we found out she had a condition that, that um, had to be dealt with. And so I thought, well, wow, you know, uh, at least it's not me, right? Mm. And, you know, I, I've wanted to have kids since I was a, l- a little boy. Mm. Well, you know, Susan's issue is resolving. So guess what? <laughs> Somebody else has got an issue, and uh, I'm the only one involved. So <laughs> so I, I'm looking at that, you know, and I'm thinking, Lord, you know, we've been trying to have a child now for a year. So, you know, technically, the medical uh, world would, would, would label us infertile. Right. And, right. Uh, you know, I, that's just not acceptable to me. I believe that God created us fertile. There are things that 
he either allows to be put in the way or that he puts in the way to teach us and to deal with us and to discipline us. But I'm just standing on the, the, the promises that, look, look, you just do what I'm asking you to do in faith, diligently, and that, like you said, Bart, there's a harvest of righteousness ahead. Amen. Yeah, so I'm standing on those promises. So that, that really ministers to me. Man. That's awesome. Well, let's, let's have number two. All right. I call this the pleasure-seeking heart. Okay. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Psalm 1611. The pursuit of happiness is basic to all people. Although there are many unhappy people in this world, there are none that value that state. At the core of our heart is a longing for joy. And that desire leads to a pursuit. Whether we know it or not, it is a lifelong journey we have embarked on together. The enemy has taken two angles to sabotage our quest for joy. First, he has proposed that happiness is a selfish and sin-driven desire. After all, he whispers, it's holiness that matters. He implies the two could exist apart. Consider your daydreams, though. Have you envisioned the ideal of your life being a holy grump or a sour saint? None of us longs for that because none of us are meant for that. In truth, holiness leads to great joy as we become the kind of people God intends, and our happiness fuels the pursuit for greater growth in Christ-like character. His second and more common angle today is to misdirect us in our quest. He leads us to short-term, two-bit forms of happiness with a view to robbing us of true joy. We have sought our happiness high and acting out sexually, only to find the highs were never high enough and the happiness never lasted. Mm -hmm. Our error has also been our spiritual adultery against Christ. For just as a husband longs to be the joy of his bride, so Christ longs to not simply be a giver of joy, but be the joy. We have forsaken him to the enemy's sheer delight, and thus have abandoned our exceedingly great joy. As Solomon found, all else is emptiness and a chasing after the wind. But in mercy and great grace, our God stands ready to receive us back. In his presence is found joy in fullness and forever both ecstasy and eternity. Let us pursue happiness with vigor and find it in him. But we must beware, for his ways of coming into that fullness of joy may not be as we expect. Hmm. Poignant. I'm going Oswald Chamberish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Yeah, Bart, you've got such a gift. But yeah. I, I really love how, you know, there's a, there's a national uh, syndicated talk show uh the Dennis Prager show, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, he's this conservative guy and, um, he always has this happiness moment or Does something he? like that on his show. And, and what he tries to get across to people is that, you know, essentially happiness is a choice, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it's interesting how you bring it up. But I mean, it's very challenging to some of my thoughts that, um, you know, what, well, I'm, I'm curious, well, let me ask you, what does it mean? I mean, what does it mean to you, Bart, to, to find your happiness in Christ? Well, I uh, I owe a lot of these concepts, I, you know, to my pastor and to other guys I've read. But um, when I think of this, and it kind of goes back to your original issue, mm-hmm. Rob, mm-hmm. you said that, you know, what does God get out of all this? Well, my contention is God gets glory. Yeah. And that I think that for us, this, the chief end of man 
is to glorify mm-hmm. God and enjoy Him forever, as you know the Westminster Catechism says. And uh, the way that we can do that, as John Piper says, is that God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in Him, and that um, mm. it's our duty to seek joy in God. And that's where the resources of our strength come from. And one of the things you've often thought, um, you know, and really helped me around, Jason, is the issue of, you know, living from a sense of fullness. Mm. And when I'm when you know I'm at the deficit point where you know I'm, I'm borrowing against stuff I don't have, and I'm in really vulnerable territory. Yeah. And God wants to be that fullness for us. Right. You know, uh, that Psalm says earlier. It says, "I have set the Lord." always before me because he's at my right hand, I shall not be shaken. Right. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. And he wants to be that fullness of joy for us so that mm. we're not so susceptible to the lies and to the, you know, to the uh, dece- deception of the evil one. How do you see that manifesting in people's lives? Because I know for me, you know, um, I can tend to find happiness in things or especially experiences like i love to ski and you know Mm. rob and i had a great time up at keystone a few weeks ago just it's ski day together you know but boarding um, by the way i was snowboarding i just want to make that point. well he was trying he was trying but um, (laughs) oh yeah right but if here's the deal you know with with just a couple minutes left i mean i find my joy in my relationships with people and and god's people Mm. and i'm just wondering um how do you see other manifestations of, of people finding their their happiness in Christ. I I think that anything that we can really find joy in is can ultimately lead us to Christ because mm-hmm. you know um, it goes to that principle that you know uh, Paul said in Galatians six he says God forbid that I should glory mm-hmm. save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ by whom the world is crucified to me and I to the world and so forth but the idea is that everything that we we do should mm-hmm. be a glorying in the cross. So whether mm-hmm. we're snowboarding or whether we're taking a trip on a mountain bike trail, which I love to do with my friends and, mm-hmm. and the friends, you know, the the joy of, you know, conquering the uh, right. the trail and then sitting around for 15 minutes afterward and talking about yeah. it. I mean, that's a huge joy. But all of it can be a glorying in the cross because apart from that cross, none of it's possible. Right. Every blessing Good. was purchased there and yeah. every freedom is there. And so... Awesome. I think all of that can lead us to a great joy in God. Amen. Well, listen, as we're steering the ship in the harbor here, do you find your joy in Christ by writing? Because I'd love for you to join Bart in this project. Um, get a hold of him by email at bartonbowman at yahoo.com. That's B-A-R-T-O-N-B-O-U-M-A-N at yahoo.com. Bart, thanks for being with us today, brother. Thanks, My man. Pleasure. Listen, Rob's got a speaking engagement. Come to Colorado Springs and hear him speak at the Springs Rescue Mission Wednesday the 10th at 9.30 a.m. Also, if you want to go to Every Man's Battle, I'll be in Dallas at uh, May 19th through the 21st. Uh, do you want to give to support our work? Well, listen to the end of the program for information on how you can do that. And then tune in next time. Thanks for listening. Thank you for tuning in to this edition of The Blazing Grace Show. We trust today's broadcast helps bring you closer to God and to what God desires for your life. Blazing Grace is a listener-supported mission intended to help listeners around the world. Your support is vital in keeping that mission alive. We ask you to prayerfully consider sending a tax-deductible gift to Blazing Grace. It would be gratefully appreciated. You can send your monetary gift to Blazing Grace, P.O. Box 6 
802-9562-521, Colorado Springs, Colorado, 802-2521. That's Blazing Grace, P.O. Box 62521, Colorado Springs, Colorado, 802-9562-2521. Want to learn more about Blazing Grace? Find us on the internet at www.blazinggrace.org. That's www.blazinggrace.org forward slash radio dot htm. On that page, you'll find a downloadable copy of this show, or you can visit oneplace.com under ministries. Look for Blazing Grace Radio. If you want help resolving a sexual addiction, you can reach Rob McIntyre and Jason Graves toll free by dialing 877-590-SOUL. That's 877-590-7685. Desire for a specific subject to be covered on Blazing Grace? Tell Mike Janung what you want covered. You can email Mike at Mike, the symbol at blazinggrace.org. We look forward to sharing more blazing issues and grace-filled answers next time. Thanks once again for listening, and may God shine his grace upon you.